You're listening to the Vocal Fry Podcast, your weekly dash of voice science, pedagogy, and pop culture. Coming to you from your semi-occluded vocal tract, have you practiced today? Weird. We are actually, uh, we do exist in real life. Well, Sarah does. I'm not so sure about me. Um, I question it myself recently, and I'm like, do I do anything else? Or is it just basically work and then like come home and watch Netflix? Because that might be it right now. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's your life right now. It is my life right now. Is work you, guys and watch, you will guys watch so many more shows than I ever do. So, <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. also part of our job at this point. Yeah, right. Did we start po- podcasting just so we could rationalize how much we watch? No. No? I no? I don't think so. Did we yeah. add that to the podcast to rationalize it? Like, no, no. It's my job to watch. Yeah. Did we so do it so after. that if we ever actually start making money... We could uh, start using Netflix as a tax deduction, right? Or a sponsor. Just the day of- Netflix sponsors this <laughs> podcast, <laughs> yeah, is the day that we have won, Sarah. Yes, <laughs> Netflix. If you are out there and you want to sponsor us, like we oh, are here for you. Goodness, seriously, my goodness gracious, that would be yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it would be great. All right, Vocal Fam, we are here with a guest today. Finally, this is the first in what is going to be a run of uh, not consecutive, but many Nats national previews. And uh, it's always great to actually have uh, a member of the Vocal Fam on the show. Uh, And so we have with us today Dr. Seth Keaton, Professor Seth Keaton, bass baritone Seth Keaton, creator of Song (laughs) Helix, Seth Keaton. That's hi, true. hi, Seth. Welcome. Thank you. It's so exciting to be here. I, like I was saying to you guys earlier, I listen all the time, and seeing you, your pictures in this Skype thing is amazing. <laughs> well, well, it's very nice to meet you. It, 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 it is. It's it's good to have you. Yeah, we've been, uh, as Sarah will attest, we've actually been, uh, we've been doing a wee bit of scheduling this week, trying to herd cats. I'm gonna uh-huh. say we might be a, a understatement. Every time, like, I get a break at work, I look at my phone and it's like 32 missed messages, and I'm like, oh, okay, uh-huh. <laughs> let's the catch season. up on this. <laughs> it 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 yeah. is it is the season. So, how did you guys start yet, Seth, or do you start on Tuesday? Oh, we've been started. Yeah, we. Uh, I teach at the University of Utah, and we're in our. We finished two weeks of classes already. <laughs> two <laughs> weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we've been going at it. I teach um, I teach uh, voice lessons for freshmen through doctoral students, and I teach uh, undergrad pedagogy and master's pedagogy. And we've been at it for two weeks already. I know it was the yeah the sixth came awfully early. It was terrifying actually. Oh my! <laughs> yeah. How oh. about you guys? I don't remember. From we your started show. last Monday. Um, okay. And uh, yeah, I so two weeks I, ago, but eh. yeah, sh- she started mm-hmm. when it's you K-12, did. Twelve, so it yeah. makes sense. But Things I um, it, it, <laughs> I picked like the worst week possible to decide 
on like Monday or Tuesday, you know what? I'm going to try to get everybody scheduled for <laughs> any Nats National podcast this week. That'll be a good week to do that. Uh-huh. <laughs> nah, that was a that was a bad Much. idea. Right, Sarah? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> well, and so much of the semester is still in flux, I think, for a lot of us because we're all trying to schedule the semester out. And so someone would be like, yeah, I can do it. Nope, I take it back. <laughs> and But it's all worked out. It's going to happen someday, sometime. I can't wait to hear all the rest of the people come on the show and talk about what they're going to do. Well, we've got one, two, three, four, five six i've got at least six more lined up okay confirmed i think so uh, it'll be uh it'll it'll be a thing so seth tell us a little bit about i mean i I, obviously you're a professor now at at the university of utah how did you sort of first get into singing how did you discover um you know classical singing how what's your background I i don't i don't know anything about your background oh thanks for asking um so uh, I was in the Atlanta boy choir from when I was five until when my voice changed. Uh-huh. And so I've been interacting with classical singing all my life, basically. Um, I also stuck around with the choir and was like a, a, sort of a, an assistant, a counselor, they called us. And so I would go to all of the rehearsals and um, hand out music and help corral 60 boys. Uh, and uh-huh. I started taking, <laughs> yeah, it was quite a thing. Yeah. And then I started taking lessons with that director uh, when I was 15. Uh, his name was Fletcher Wolf. And um, he he's who instilled this love of song in me. So uh, he was he was very old school. I think I had a relatively unique start to voice lessons because he he had studied, I don't know exactly what, uh, musicianship, I guess, with Nadia Boulanger. He had oh, been wow. there like amidst all of it. He was and the right generation, him. probably, because basically every American who studied music, probably of his generation, basically studied with Boulanger in some way or another. That's true. I don't know if all of them were quite as, uh, I don't know, put the thumbs on our, their students so much. I was So when I was in high school, I was supposed to be memorized for my lessons to yeah. show that I had worked hard enough. Yeah. And, and, which led to a 16-year-old driving with music on the steering wheel, which is was terrific. I'm sure that was, but, um, but by the time I got, by the time I left high school, I knew tons of rep. So he, we did, I, I knew almost none of the 24 Italian songs, but I knew the Dichterliebe and I knew Mozart concert arias and Wolf songs and Dupark and, uh, Mozart arias and Ravel Don Quixote. I mean, I couldn't sing any of them. (laughs) Oh, you know, Ravel Don Quixote, easy repertoire, easy to sing for a lower male voice. I mean, easy. I mean, I couldn't sing above a C, so it was really, (laughs) I don't know what we were doing, but I definitely got introduced to like, to song, like song, huge, huge amounts of song. Fantastic. Yeah. So now when I talk to others, uh, some of my students or who some of my students struggle with pronouncing a particular language, I, yeah, I just have to take one or even two steps back and say, oh, you know, my upbringing was really unusual in that way. Yeah. I, I mean, I think we're, a lot of us are getting to the point where so many of our students didn't really even have maybe much voice training in high school. Yeah. Uh, let mm-hmm. alone that in-depth of art song training in high school. I mean, because I took voice lessons in high school. In fact, uh, you know, my high school voice teacher has gone on to produce some some pretty phenomenal singers. Um, yeah. 
I, I'll, uh, this is not this is not for the purpose of name dropping at all, but it's just to say that uh, do you know Elizabeth DeShong, the mezzo soprano, sings at the Met now. She's one of the great Rossini mezzos of our age. Anyway, she, uh, she Liz's lessons and mine used to be back to back in high school. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I would go in and I'd be, uh, you know, I'd be like, is that my teacher singing or is that Elizabeth? I'm not sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, but but anyway, so I mean, I got introduced to art song, you know, like in high school. Yeah. I sang, I don't know, I sang Brahms Boatschaft. I remember that, and I had no business singing it whatsoever in high school. <laughs> My goodness. Yeah. Um, and, and I think I did, I must have done art songs on my, on my college auditions in foreign languages. I think I did. Oh, wow. I must have. But any, anyway, uh, just, just, yeah. but I, so many of our students now don't come in with that background. It's... It's and, 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 and anyway, anyway. So so then so you uh, went. You obviously uh, then went to college with the idea of being a singer. Yeah, you know, for I mean, it was just sort of expected of me that that's what I was supposed to do. With that background, I had a pretty voice right. and like, <laughs> this training, but um, and so I didn't really question it. I didn't. I mean, truly, I didn't think about what options there were for me outside of singing, becoming an opera singer, because that was sort of all that was presented to me. Um, so yeah, uh, so that's what I did. So yeah, I went to Illinois Wesleyan for my undergrad, which was a great liberal arts, private liberal arts school. And then, um, I went to Indiana for which I was completely unprepared. Like, I mean, I, I don't know if anybody can be quite prepared for Indiana, but I was not. So, um, but, um, that's where I was for a, a while. I sort of stretched out my education there, letting my voice grow up and, uh yeah doing young artist programs and summer festivals and stuff i did all the things you were supposed to do uh yeah so then i was uh, i was doing apprenticeships throughout the country in minnesota for three years which was uh, wonderful i love my time there awesome and um yeah i was uh i was successful in the in the met competition and i got an agent and i was singing around and all that time, it was lingering in the back of my mind, you know, I'm not sure that I really want to be an opera singer, only now this is the only thing that I'm qualified to do. Um, and I don't know if many people, uh, maybe maybe many people fall into that frame of mind. Um, so, and then I started a fest contract, and that's when I decided, uh, I really don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> so, I mean, sort of a clean break. Yeah. We, Moved back to Minneapolis, where we loved living, and a year later, that's where I started my doctorate. Oh, that's awesome. Amazing. And I, I, I just will commend you for being able to live in Minneapolis. I couldn't do it. <laughs> uh, it sounds so cold. You I are just... a braver individual. Yeah. Utah would be cold enough for me that to be able to be able to, be able to stand it. <laughs> Minnesota. Yeah. I've heard horror stories from people who live in Minnesota. Uh, about eyelid, eyeballs freezing when you walk outside, and yeah, <laughs> the, the <laughs> moisture, the moisture in within your nose, like you feel it, like uh, freeze up. It's it's a real. You know that you're alive. You're really- <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure that's what that means to me. Like if I walk outside and I feel like parts of me literally freeze, I might be like, oh, I'm I'm dead. This is it. This is the end for me. Okay, it was nice. <laughs> I mean, if you have the right clothing, you're halfway there, and then a house with heat. Uh, I mean, you know, like I, you know, I said I, I was in the Atlanta Boy Choir, so um, having been raised in Georgia, Georgia, yeah, I, I, yeah. So in the same way that people run from their 
<laughs> maybe not run, but go no, quick from their air conditioned car to their air conditioned house. That's the same with the cold in Minnesota. I, I get that. <laughs> I get that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Still not my cup of tea. Yeah, that I'd still sucks. rather be doing that than walking outside going like, well, I'm frozen. This is it. Yeah. All and now, the in Utah, it's, now in Utah, it's so dry uh, that yeah. you like sort of don't sweat. It's kind of a, it's, it's crazy. I guess it's interesting. At you least. know, that is interesting. My first, my first Nats National was Utah. Was Salt Lake City. When was that? 08, yeah. maybe? 08, 10, 2010? I don't remember. Anyway. I that, would know. That, that was my first Nats National. And um, and I, wa- I wasn't expecting it to be as dry as it was. Yeah, it's the second driest state in the country next to Nevada, I think. It's a, yeah, it's a desert. And with the elevation, it's like super duper dry. But also... I wasn't mm-hmm. aware of how beautiful Salt Lake City was. Yeah, it is. It's pretty amazing. It's a really yeah. beautiful... It, it reminded me, in some ways, a little bit of Boulder, Colorado, in kind of the way that you could see the mountain and the plain. Yeah. Yeah, um, we're, in this, we're in this valley ringed in mountains, and when, this, when the air is clear, uh, the views are amazing. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes they're not clear... Um, because of that valley, we have this inversion effect that other places have where mm-hmm. the cold air um, sinks and traps all of the pollution we make. And so oh. it's, we have some pretty low quality air days for weeks at a time. It's, it's a bit scary. We're trying to really I mean, hopefully our move on that, but it's uh, it's not ideal. That's for sure. Oh, I didn't know. No. That. I was not aware of that. But I never would have thought of that. I mean, that makes sense, but yeah. that's super interesting. Just yeah. out of curiosity, being in Utah, before we get to Song Helix, um, did, did, have you done SVI just being there? Um, well, they, they, they teach it in my building, like just downstairs. Right. So, so I've gotten to, I mean, the, it's an unbelievable place to be interacting with Ingo and Lynn Maxfield. Um, I have not done SVI, though some of my students have. That makes um, sense. I sat in on the first session to sort of know what it is so I could help advise them. And that was very intimidating. Lots uh, of I math. Think, yeah. I think that if I had done the homework and tried to do the tests, I would really have retained it. But as it is, I just sat in and was like, wow, those are that's a whole lot of formulas up there. <laughs> Makes sense. Makes sense. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah, but we but this community here is amazing. I mean, knowing that somebody's right around the corner. Brian Mantronock is also here. He's right. a great. I know. I mean, having Lynn and Brian both there with you. I mean, I mean, yeah. my goodness gracious, what a, what a town! I mean, for voice knowledge. I mean, having yeah, yeah. all of you people out there is amazing. Yeah, Lynn and I have been figuring out. Well, hopefully, we're going to create a masters of. Uh, pedagogy uh coming up soon thanks to having lynn here and it's i, cool. I would teaching being the pedagogy teacher here i would feel super remiss if i didn't take try to integrate these resources so that's what i keep trying to do absolutely mm-hmm. now you also yeah. you you did it you were at ian's program last summer is that ian and ken's program yeah, last summer? i know I, yeah i was i was it was great i yeah. can't believe i miss you guys that's, that's uh sad. well we we are still trying to reschedule last week's podcast. 
Um, oh, uh, yeah. And trying <laughs> is a is the optimal word. Yeah. It's hard to get that many people together. Yes. Anyway, uh, yeah. so Seth, so tell us how did you come to the idea of Song Helix? Like, what was it that made you go? You know, the world should have this. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. So during my doctorate there at uh, University of Minnesota, uh, I had been a professional singer, right? So, like, coming into the doctorate at that time, I really knew my mind about what I what I was interested in. And it was really a hands-off sort of program. It wasn't very um, specific in a direction like towards voice science or towards anything. You could kind of do whatever you like. And and one of the requirements was five recitals, and oh. which I, you know, because of my background, I just ate up. Sure. And so I started scheduling and creating. I mean, I guess I just love making interesting programming choices. I think recital is a place where we can, through clever, uh, insightful programming, we can like say something to our audience. Absolutely. Um, and so I, so my creative wheels were really turning there and I create, I, I programmed a, a song recital on parties and drinking songs, I guess. Mm-hmm. The, so, but it was really like all over the map. So I just chose any, any composer, any language, any era of piece that fit within the first set, which was songs of anticipation. Like, here comes something okay. fun. We're going out. We're about to do something fun. Yeah. Then, uh, like, formal party, formal ballroom kind of scene songs. And then drinking songs. I had a sing-along that a friend of mine uh, arranged for our audience to sing along with. And then uh, Aftermath. So there's an amazing oh. Wolf song. <laughs> there's an amazing Wolf song uh, where he, the protagonist is in a hangover. Uh, <laughs> it's an amazing song. Um, yeah, so Phenomenal. having done a bunch of having done a bunch of those um, programs, I just I knew that this tool needed to exist. So I talked with Adriana Zabala, who is teaching there right now. She's a great mezzo and very creative. Uh, person in her programming and in her musical choices. Uh, we we were sitting there in a sort of post-recital conversation saying, wouldn't it be amazing if there was a tool that would facilitate discovery of related repertoire? Yeah. And so it was just kind of an idea that we had. Neither of us took any action on it. And then when I started my job here, uh, I thought... You know, um, I well, honestly, like I need to figure out something that is going to help add up to my, in my tenure portfolio, and this tool needs to exist. And uh, an amazing thing about this school is that it has are the resources that this research one school has. So, uh, not just financial, but physical resources. I mean, everything that I need. So, people are have been amazingly ready to take me up on these weirdo ideas that's great. that's, that's awesome. awesome so <laughs> i mean tell us about then the process that you went through of actually getting it off the ground i mean is the work solely yours or did you partner with somebody uh no it's it's solely i mean i, I guess it's solely mine uh i i secured some internal grants uh, mm-hmm. to the university mm-hmm. and so i was able to hire a team 
Uh, I mean, it's fluctuated from one uh, one research assistant to about six, and now back to one. Uh Uh, So it wasn't all me entering cataloging the songs, but I did start that way. So I started. Well, I started with Beethoven because, well, he had the first song cycle and Mm. I figured, well, he doesn't have that many songs. It won't kill me (laughs) to do this. But then when you start putting in all those folk songs, he does have a ton of songs. Um, So I wasn't really ready for that. And then, uh, but after a while, I started putting in Mozart. I figured he doesn't have so many songs and that would be useful. But then I started getting advice saying, you know, if you want this to be immediately useful to anybody you have to make it a whole lot broader uh you know you have to include a whole lot broader set of composers unless yeah. you just want beethoven and mozart recitals um and sense. so then we started going through the burton coffin volumes just started with volume number one for soprano and took down like a whole bunch of because you know he had already chosen i guess i could have gone with the sergius Coggin, but because I didn't know where where to start, honestly. Like, how can I decide who what songs are necessary to go in there? Yeah. And the whole the whole idea is that it will be comprehensive. That's that's the goal. Uh, I don't know that it's possible. I mean, maybe it's a fifty year goal. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Oh, I was gonna say I noticed that you'll have it looks like a link where on the website where people can contribute stuff. So yeah. is it like it's open to? just the whole voice community to kind of add songs as we find them. Yes. I mean, that would be, that would be so ideal. So yeah. uh, right now we have about 5,500 songs that are oh, wow. really richly cataloged. So um, yeah. So if you go on the site and try it out, you can, if you go, if you're on the left-hand side of the site, you can see, well, if I want to, if I want to find something, a song about uh, adventure and mm-hmm. oceans by an LGBTQ plus composer in Spanish in my range. You can put those things in there and you get something. Um, You might. (laughs) uh, It depends. The more and more criteria you put on there, the fewer and fewer things you're going to come back with. But but yeah, that's so that's the idea is that you can find you can really you say you've got a recital all picked out except for the French ones and you can um, find the French ones that way. Mm. Uh, So yeah, so on the left-hand side, there's if you know what you are looking for, you can do it that way. And if you don't know what you're looking for, you can use the right-hand side, to uh, which are all these nested folders of all of our keywords. And it's cool. pretty overwhelming and really specific. There's like 10,000 keywords in there. So <laughs> you can start getting ideas. So if you're looking for ideas, then you can look over there. Um, but yeah, Sarah, you asked if people can contribute, and that would be amazing. So... We have 5,500 songs, but I don't know how many songs... I mean, do you have any idea of how many songs there are? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think... I can't even imagine. I think Emily I has over 15,000 or 20,000 now on leader.net. Yes. Yeah. I so, think that's I mean... But that includes, I think, some arias and, and things as, as, as well. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, in writing these grant proposals, I was thinking, I mean, there's probably 100,000. That was just a guess. And then somebody said, oh, you should see this data set that this uh, music musicologist out of UC Davis has. It's uh, a, a spreadsheet with songs by women composers in English, and there are 30,000. What? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. 
I guess that makes sense if you consider all the songs that are written by all these different composers that we yeah. just, you know, never may have heard of. Because how many composers are there that never really make it out of various levels of obscurity? Yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, that particular data set has a lot of has a lot of songs that are like popular songs okay. of the day. Uh, Maybe I wondered. Yeah, but um, but still, I mean, so that leads me to think that there must be like maybe a quarter million. I don't know. Maybe. So, so, uh, it's you know, it's a it's a big process, especially daunting task. <laughs> so, but I we have since I started it, um, we've received six hundred uh, submissions from people wow. from around the. That's yeah. awesome. Um, I think a, a, a handful of professors who with song lit classes assign make it that an assignment, which I would totally encourage, um, or assign it to your students who are giving a recital just to check and make sure all the songs that they're doing are in there, which they may not be. Um, and a lot of uh, a lot of modern composers have put their own works up, which is really phenomenal. Part of the, it's part of the part of the idea is right that there's like it can be there can be fewer gatekeepers. If you are looking for a song about rainbows, you're going to get all the songs about rainbows equally promoted, whether it's there by Schubert or whether they're by Juliana Hall or uh, some of our other modern modern composers. Yeah. Uh, so it really democratizes the discovery of art song. Let yeah. Me well, and it's go ahead, Sarah. Oh, I was thinking, especially now, I know so many people, like, when you're starting out, trying to make it, you're encouraged to really find these more obscure composers, more obscure yeah. art songs, and it's a way to, you know, get grants to do recitals, is to find these art songs by more obscure or more contemporary composers, so it's kind of a great tool for stuff like that, if it evolves into that to some degree. Yeah, I think so, and I, it's also, you know, um, it's a good assignment to give to a student, because mm -hmm. you have to really dive in and say, okay, what is the range? When when was the piece written? Who was the poet? And then really what helps us the most is choosing is pulling out all the key words. Mm -hmm. So for every song we we pull out what we determine the keywords are. And so that's relatively keywords in English. And so that's mm -hmm. relatively right. objective, though it's through a translation. But then we also have our our subjective part is our analysis. So we describe what the things what the songs are about. So it's about loneliness. It's about excitement. It's about whatever. And so we also include all the metaphors, which is really fun. So those mm -hmm. get super specific. So it's like metaphor uh, dreams as ocean or whatever it is. So that's a, and, and so because we've tagged them that way, if you put in dreams in the keyword search, it brings up the word dreams songs, but it also brings up all the metaphors involving dreams that okay. is fantastic that's yeah, yeah that's isn't nice. that awesome um I, I just love it's so much fun i mean i've made so many discoveries of songs like did you know there's a 30 minute schubert song for in the bass club <laughs> 30 minutes yeah i'm gonna do it someday if i could <laughs> someday who who knew i know yeah, that's a good that's qualifier <laughs> i mean it's yeah. not like schubert wrote a lot so no. uh, I mean, yeah. a friend of mine said, I wonder when the last time that was performed, probably Schubert pl was playing in somebody's living room the last time it was performed. It would have been at a bar. 
Yeah. <laughs> I could see that being like you go to a party and they're like, we want you to sing one song. And you're like, okay, do I have the song for you? You pull out your 30 minute song. No, no, it's almost over. I promise. Get ready. <laughs> yeah. And there's no obligato instruments, just singer. Yeah, the voice of piano. Yeah. It's, it's when he was, yeah, yeah. He was, um, Schiller and, uh, Schiller and Miller. Well, Schiller and Goethe had this like, year of the of the ballad sort of friendly competition and that was one of them by schiller and it, this one in particular describes uh the king throws his goblet into a whirlpool and he dares anybody to try and get it and this young squire goes for it and what i love is that it describes all the weird creatures he encounters as he's diving down including uh -huh. a sea a sea hyena <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. all right. So why not? Yeah, well, I was thinking of having it like doing it with with like projections or animation or some stills animation. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll look forward to your sea hyena. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Put that out for us. We're ready. <laughs> That's actually how I do Dichterliebe is with with image. Every song gets an image. Oh, nice. which, Sarah, 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 which Sarah still, still never sea seen? Hyena? Huh? What? I was still on Sea Hyena, uh, and so like you're saying, oh, that's how I like to do Dichterly, Ben. I'm like, maybe it could work. I just got stuck. No, I'm in good now. Up. I ride the Sea Hyena. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so what are the, uh, I, first of all, the search feature of emotion alone is phenomenal. Yeah. But... Um, and I, I love, uh, you know, the, the inclusivity of things like, you know, being able to search the LGBTQ plus thing yeah. is, is great. What are the, uh, but let's say I pull up a song, okay? I just pull up, you know, this Schubert song you were referring to. What <laughs> yeah. kind of information on a single song am I going to get about the song? Yeah, so you get the composer and the poet and the poet's uh, movements or related movements or isms, and you get the year of composition, and you get the original key. That's not the best, uh, because, you know, like, for instance, um, 4A release songs in multiple keys as original. Yeah. But right. anyway, uh, so original key, ideally, and the range in original key. And then these keywords and features, they're all grouped together. So, and it's all really richly internally linked. So you get to this, this weird, this crazy Schubert song and you, you see a keyword that you're more interested in and you click on one of those and it goes, it shows you all the songs that have that. Um, yeah. So it's like very richly internally linked, but we also are richly externally linked. So I've been in a partnership with IPA source. So uh, when we have something in common with IPA source, you can click the link and go there. And we provide uh, uh, recordings and we provide links to IMSLP. And um, oh, that's nice. Else. Yeah, so it's really it's for discovery, right? Um, yeah. We also capture when we can capture who the piece was dedicated to or who premiered it. Um, I think that's a really great one for singers, actually. Absolutely. Like, mm -hmm. You find one singer who worked for you and that whose voice was just like yours, and then you can sing all their songs. I was going to say, can you, um, so if you have, you know, who it's debuted by, do you have it where you can, like, click there and see all the other songs that they debuted? Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Okay, that is, yeah. That's um, handy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's, those are 
primarily the things that you can find. It's it's um, that's a that's a wonderful that last thing. Actually, thinking about yeah. that, that's a wonderful inclusion because, like for example, I'll give you an example off the top of my head that I was, I had only ever heard sopranos i think sing argento's six elizabethan songs mm-hmm. argento wrote those for nikki di virgilio at the university of illinois urbana champaign who was a tenor yeah and i've only i've i don't think to this day i've ever heard a m- male sing them um yeah. uh, i've only i mean i'm so accustomed to hearing sopranos sing them um that i just mm-hmm. i've never sung them um and and when i saw it the dedication i went huh yeah um so that's a, a that's a great inclusion uh, yeah you know that there's a similar story i was in a conversation one time with margot garrett and she said did you know that the knoxville summer of 1916 was for was originally for tenor and <laughs> and that yeah and that the publisher imposed the for soprano voice and i guess he just like left Interesting. it it was just like yeah okay <laughs> yeah. so these kinds of things are discoverable and you know i'm trying to make a tool where it's all discoverable including yeah. these kinds of tidbits so there's there's also room for like trivia and um also sources cited um oh uh one other thing when people make a contribution like when people mm-hmm. use those links and they say they go through the google form and then hit submit uh the person gets a receipt so oh. only is it like uh because it may take us a minute to edit in their stuff but it's like for an assignment then the student could say look here's what i submitted i did it yeah, yeah. um okay yeah. That's, that's good yeah <laughs> especially if that's it if you're doing that for an assignment, you want to be like, hey, hey, I did it. Please yeah. give me a good grade. <laughs> Are you reconsidering your, your um Well, I do teach song, a graduate rep class? course. Uh, so, uh, hmm. This is very similar to the like thing that we did when I oh, took the rep course. Oh, yes, it is. And I feel like we can just see <laughs> the wheels turning. Uh, hmm. Reconsidering next year, just okay. Okay, I, don't, I won't offer it next fall, it won't be till at least next spring. Oh, oh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Uh, hmm. I don't, but still, I don't think we'll have all quarter million songs by then. So I, yeah, I, you know, I, 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 I doubt it, and I guess I, I, I need to, I mean. I we did when I I have so much respect for you for this, this project and I I have it with firsthand knowledge because um, when my wife and I sat down to do the Britain Song database, yeah, it the amount of time that that alone took. Mm-hmm. Um, now we did some things that aren't in yours, but you guys do some things that aren't in ours, um, and I just. I have so much respect for you because of this project, because oh, like I said, I know what ours took, and I think Britain, you know, has something around two hundred and thirty-four songs. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's been a few years since we did that now, but um, <clears throat> eight. <laughs> but um, I don't remember a lot of what's happened in the last decade. Um, yeah. But uh, children will do that to you, as you know. Uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> but um it was it was a lot of time and i just i can't 
fathom the amount of hours that's gone into this. I, I, I really... And yeah. what a service, because I'm also thinking back to like when I was programming doctoral recitals, yeah. and what a service something like this would have been. Yes, yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's, a, it's for sure, it's a labor, and it's a labor of love. Um, mostly, I guess, it's been in, in thinking about how it can, how, how, how the tool, the structure of the thing, how it can actually work, and people can submit songs, and how we can edit through them, what our process is, has developed alongside the, the content, right? Yeah. Well, and I mean that, I mean, the idea of, it's almost like you've made a song wiki, Mm-hmm. A little bit, except so. You, do y'all review contributions that people? Yeah. Have? I assume there's some sort of review process. Yeah, yeah, there is. Um, so yeah, so so those songs that get submitted through the Google Forms, um, they go to a different Google Sheet, and we edit those in mostly so that it will match all of our all of the formatting, formatting and content, so that the thing can be you know, can be found alongside the Makes other. Sense. Um, now, Makes sense. Does the university provide your server space? Um, so far, so far I haven't hosted it at the university, though I'm sure that they would be happy to. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but they have been supportive in, in getting me these. Uh, well, I mean, I applied for them, but they provided the funding uh, oh, so far for us. But, you know, since then I've applied twice now to the NEH unsuccessfully, and that is... Those grants are so huge and they take so long. It's like a month a piece. It takes like the last one was thirty five pages. It was just oh a purse. So I'm kind of That's tired nice. of asking for money for a while. <laughs> yeah. I feel that. I feel that. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, Sarah, you asked if there was a review process. There's another there's like a further review process that I've put in place over this last year. So mm-hmm. up until now, it's just been like what I think, basically. Um, <laughs> and that's sort of a, it feels like a lot of weight on my shoulders, right? And so yeah. I created, well, we have had an advisory board all this time of people who, you know, and like we have a pianist and we have uh, songs songsters and we have a digital humanities guy. Um, but... We also now have an editorial board. So, uh, and that's another way that many, maybe some of your listeners would like to become involved. So every month, uh, so I, I have a small editorial board who has declared their area of specialization. And so every month I send them 20 songs, 20 records within that area of specialization. And they check through the songs and then they send them back. And, um, I make sure that they still work back again in our data set. And then they have been peer reviewed. And so every month, oh, it's a, yeah, nice. every month yeah. It's greater and greater percentage that's peer reviewed. Uh, and so um, anybody with a specialty or a particular love of song, I would love to have more members of that editorial board. So vocal yeah, fam, sure. if you are an expert in 17th century Anglican <laughs> drinking songs, Specifically, religious-based drinking songs. Um, you can, so many of those. Uh, <laughs> you you can become the song. He, no, but seriously, this is a great opportunity. I mean, and and I mean, you know, who knows? For some of our listeners who are out there, maybe uh, just off the tip of a new tenure-track job, uh, and maybe need a little, mm-hmm. you know, a little uh, just a little extra cushion. Maybe they're doing their singing and they've got their research area, but 
Maybe mm-hmm. they just need a little extra cushion to help boost their uh, Zarzuelan folk songs f- <laughs> that happen to be composers who lived in Hungary. Um, exactly. Exactly. It's been really fun to look around on the internet and see who's see who's out there. It's really, but without enough funding, it's really I can't I can't compel anybody to help me. But I have found people who you know their dissertation was drinking was uh, pirate songs, and I approached <laughs> to be the pirate songs guy. Amazing. Uh, that um, is a thing to be known for. Yeah, I know, right? Amazing. I wish I was that cool. I'm gonna do a dissertation. It's gonna be on pirates. <laughs> Watch out, guys. See hyenas? I'm coming for you. Sea hyenas. I wonder yeah. if any of the pirate songs talk about sea hyenas. See? Well, man, I have a dissertation just laid out for me now. <laughs> I just need to get into a doctoral program. Sarah, something tells me that your dissertation would take a slightly different angle. But, but whatever. I would hope. Uh, I would hope. Whatever. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you gotta write, if you gotta spend that much time with it, make it something you can enjoy. Right. See hyenas. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think, you know, I don't think also that I'm the first person to think of this. Sure that I'm not, right? Like, Nick, you were just talking about yours. And I think other people have tried to make this and uh, for whatever reason it fell by the wayside. And so, you know, if, if you are somebody who has a database of songs, I would love to see that too. Um, oh, yeah. And try to, try to, you know, make the data be able to talk to it, each other and then incorporate that too. We can certainly put our links in your Britain songs. That, yeah, that would be awesome. That's easy. Although, I, just speaking of time and labor of love things, yeah. I have yet to, I desperately, one of the things that we have linked in ours is a link to the Britain thematic catalog. Mm. And when I created ours, it was we did most of the website building in 2012 into 2013. And at that point, into the centennial year, and at that point, the thematic catalog was still in its beta version. Yeah. And the director of learning and development at the Britain Pierce Foundation, she warned me. She's like, now listen, when this goes real version, you're going to have to change all these. Well, (laughs) the centennial year passed and I changed jobs and blah, 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 blah. And I've never gone back and fixed those links. (laughs) Yeah. It's a huge job to try and stay on top of those things. Oh, my goodness gracious. You can can use some like little bits of script and coding that will check for a link's activeness. But um, uh, it's amazing, actually, all those little tools, right? So I have been um, experimenting with with databases and little tools. And, you know, Google, within Google Sheets, there's a detect language function. So you just detect language. Or you can even try, you you can type in, like, equals Google Translate cell B. I've seen that. That looks so, so cool. I mean, the, the number of tools that if if a person can harness them, it may, it brings makes a lot of this stuff possible, right? It's yeah. just like takes the time to do it. Uh, things you know, I, like, things yeah. I never would have known. Yeah. I saw um, like a little meme like roaming around <laughs> Facebook that was like, look at what you can do with Google Sheets. And I was like, Whoa. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah this exactly. is nifty. I mean, I love thinking about how this can like grow into other strange ways like 
you know, flowers and plants, they have their their symbolic meanings, right? So like, yes. so then I went through and tried to find all the databases that I could find online with flowers and their meanings. And then I aligned those flowers with our flowers. And so eventually, if you can, you eventually you can click on, you know, like a song that has petunias and you can also get songs that are about whatever petunias are about. Petunias about. And so oh. really it's just like any column you can think of, you can you can make a table and relate it to your data. So like, I, I'm hoping that it's going to be a greater, I don't know, cultural sort of repository, you know, mm-hmm. to be able to search by yeah. historical era or, or, you know, like I want to find everything from the Harlem Renaissance and then you can do that or however, however it is, you can link it up. It just takes a little while. And all, all the Harlem Renaissance songs yeah. by the German composers or Austrian composers, <laughs> which yeah. there are many. Yeah. Yeah. That's fun. that's What a phenomenal service to the Voice Foundation. Let me just, not the Voice Foundation, but I mean the Voice <laughs> Community. Gosh, I'm Community, sorry. there you go. <laughs> sorry, Voice Community, not Voice Foundation. That's a different yeah. thing altogether. But Voice Community, and I mean, seriously, I, I mean, this is... I mean, when you're planning, because I mean, as someone who's planned a bunch of graduate recitals, not only for himself, but for students and, yeah. and even senior recitals, I, I just so much of the time, uh, you know, at least with the performance people, I really don't like it when it's just a smattering of songs. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would really rather there be something thematic going on or something. I mean, sometimes I'll admit with the master students, I just kind of try to get gaps in their repertoire filled. I mean, it's just yeah, sure. yeah. You know, yeah. it is what it is. But uh, I mean, back when I used to have doctoral students, I mean, it was all about trying to make something, some statement about art. I mean, for something to mean more. And I mean, Mandy did her doctoral recital. My wife... In our family, my wife is the great recitalist. I mean, I can sing a recital just fine, but <laughs> yeah. my wife is the recitalist. I mean, I sing on stage. I, I can sing opera. You want to shout arias at us. I you just, just like shout like Italian people. arias. Yes, you're right. You're right. I just yeah. like, and, and, but but my wife is a is a really phenomenal recitalist, and uh, she can really put not only put together a program but then carry it out and whatever. And and I mean, mm-hmm. you know, back when she was trying to program a lot, this would have been a incredible resource. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. That's I mean, I hope people use it. It's free. It's available at songhelix.com. Just go there and use the heck out of it. Oh my god. And tell me what's gracious. what needs to be changed about it. Um at the bottom of every song detail page, there's a place where you can send me a comment about, well, actually, you really misread this song. It's actually about this, or here's what I more information that I know about it. And then I just get a little email and I hop in there and Make a change. Amazing. That's awesome. Amazing. Yeah, so it is very almost Wikipedia-esque, except <laughs> more reliable. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, Wikipedia is amazing. I mean, one of the things reasons why it's amazing is that they have so many people who are qualified editors. And so far, we have such a small number of people. But yeah. So you hear that, Vocal Fam? This is your <laughs> this is your opportunity. You've been waiting. You've been waiting. Here it is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Art song is calling for you. Art song, yeah. <laughs> That's cute. I <laughs> see what I did That's there. I uh, see what happened there. That's yeah, cute. That's yeah. cute. Little, little inside singer joke there. Anyway, little anyway. joke. Uh, so, Seth, as, as you know, our podcast is uh, half voice science and pedagogy and half nerd pop culture. Do you have any other interests in your life beyond Song Helix? 
<laughs> um, sort of. I mean, my favorite thing to do is listen to podcasts and play video games on my phone. Phenomenal. Um, so that's what I, yeah. So I listen to you guys. I knew you were going to ask me that question. Um, have you yeah. guys heard the Voyage to the Stars? Have you heard that one? No. It's a podcast series that I think it's sort. I think it's sort of like Star Trek, but the idea is that they, it's comedy and they, uh, they have a structure, but it's all improvised in that structure. I know what you're talking about. Yes, so that's I, cool. I know what you're I've talking been about. I've that one recently. Um, yeah. What sort of video I, games on your phone? Oh, oh, um, you know, I'll get super addicted to one at a time. I get that. Uh, I was addicted to some, I don't even remember the name of it, some zombie game where you had to like build your house and like collect logs and hit zombies with them and make ovens or whatever. Make uh, ovens. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just what you do with zombies. Yeah, yeah. Um, right now it's some stupid like match the things and drop the little candies or whatever. That and okay. go- I don't know. I, I've never been very good at those games, or at least uh, keeping them <laughs> on my phone for very long. Yeah. However, I will say, for the last, I don't know how many while now, while I watch something at night, I've, I've often had Tune Blast open on my phone. <laughs> uh, that's what I'm It's the one that I've, that's lasted uh, longer than any of the others. My wife is a, what is it that she, what is it? Candy that my, Crush. Thank you, that's the one. There you go. And yeah, I think I she's pretty good at the while. other thing too, though. I think she's pretty far along at the other thing. The, the other bubbles. thing. The mm-hmm. bubbles. Bubble. Bubble witch. <laughs> I haven't played that one. Couldn't I don't play. know I've why. Been Brick breaker quest. Ooh. Brick breaker. Oh yeah. Very exciting I don't know stuff. why I go for those. I guess it's because I'm tired of thinking. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. I mean, well, there is some level of strategy and skill to it, but yeah, you could just sit there and kind of do it while you're watching TV, and it doesn't really require thought. I, At least uh, that's my thing. I I got to uh, I got to podcasts because I couldn't stand after teaching all day, like back when I was teaching six or eight lessons in a day, I couldn't listen to music. Right. <laughs> I get that. Or so, you couldn't enjoy it. I mean, like I can't right. if I'm listening to music. I want to correct it all in my head. And that's yeah. not fun. Nope. That's not no. A fun way to do. No. <laughs> no. Although, although now with my children in the car, and I mean, I'm sure you'll relate to this. Now, like in the car, it's like we have to listen to what they want to listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, which, yeah. if, just for the vocal fam's knowledge, <laughs> my kids for the last almost a year now have only listened to the Hamilton soundtrack. Yes. I'm not sure that if that makes me an awesome thing. parent or a terrible parent. Um, <laughs> Have your kids listened to, okay, because I just, I'm really late to the game with it, but the Frozen, the musical soundtrack? No, but Have y'all they do to like that? the Frozen 2 soundtrack. I do love the Frozen 2 soundtrack, but I finally listened to the Frozen, the musical one, because I was like, I'm teaching all these young kids, I need to be familiar with some, like, songs that I can give them that they'll like, that won't get me fired, things like that. <laughs> so I'm listening to Frozen, the musical, and I'm like, this has got to be appropriate, until I get to this one song called Hugo. And that song, it's like you step through a doorway. Like, the rest of the soundtrack's great. This song is it's interesting, but it's like I stepped through a door into an alternate universe, and this song exists in it. It was the <laughs> trippiest thing I've ever listened to. So, you know, do yourself a favor, listen. Listen to it all, because just when you think this is what she meant, something else happens. 
It was a trip. I just wondered if, because if y'all had listened to it, you would know. You would know exactly what song I was talking about. I did make the mistake of um, he- hearing the one song from Matilda that I really liked, but that was yeah. the only one that I had heard, The Quiet. I love it, Quiet. You know, right? And yes. so it sounds like, oh, this musical must be great. I'll buy the whole thing and we'll listen to it. <laughs> and it's all yelling. It's it is a lot of yelling. It's very the the wording is clever. So I did like I'd like that aspect of it. Our uh, pro theater here in Jackson is doing Matilda right now. They're about to one yeah. of, one of my former st- well current students is in it, um, and they're they're I they open next weekend this weekend did they open last night I don't know. Whatever. We went to see it actually, and it was great. I mean, like it's seeing very it, clever. it different, and it was really fun. I loved being yeah. there and experiencing it, but listening to yelling for an hour is like not great. I, I gave one student the song "Naughty" from it just because. Oh, that's fun, yeah, yeah, it's a fun song. She's a little kid, but she's really she learns songs really fast. And I was running out of ideas, so I was like, "This one's hard. I'm gonna stump her for a little bit." <laughs> that's well, good. I don't know if that was the smartest choice, but it's what I did. <laughs> Not a shame. Depends on the student. Depends on the moment. Uh, She's like seven. I was just like, we're doing it. It's happening. Okay. All right. All right. So um, now it's been. This question's been brewing in my in my mind the entire podcast since you started there. So, what's your favorite drinking song? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I can tell you mine. Tell us. Tell me yours. I don't. I don't know if I have a favorite. Mine is Mr. Belloc's Fancy by Peter Warlock. Oh, where you, I don't know where, that. I mean, uh, I at Martin Mus when I was born. Hey, diddle ho, diddle do. There came a cow with a crumpled horn. Hey, diddle ho, diddle do. She stood agape and said, "My dear, you're a very fine child for this time of year, and I think you'll have a taste in beer." That's my, that, that was that whole thing. That that it, and then it gets a little racist. Uh, uh. You might need to change a couple <laughs> of words. Uh, yeah. Uh, just for it was written a long time ago, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. but uh, does poke fun at quite a few things. Uh, oh, nice! There's an amazing song by Beethoven. Um, you probably have heard of it. Uh, somebody's advent. It's like somebody's adventures around the world. And oh, I think I know. Describes- I think I know that one. Yes. And it's got a chorus, and you could do a sing along with that one too. And he describes like going to. He describes. Well, Eskimos, and he describes going, being in China and uh, having gone all the way around the world. So that's kind of fun with the lift sing-along aspect. Phenomenal. Who doesn't love a good sing-along, Sarah? I love sing-alongs. <laughs> I, I do. That's, I, I feel like I see, I think YouTube knows I like sing-alongs because I've, I've started getting advertisements. Specifically, though, and I don't know about this part, for that... High School Musical, the, the musical, the series, the sing-along. I've been getting a lot of ads for that, and I'm like, Whoa. are you tar- Are you coming for me? You t- that, first off, that's a long title. Like, that's a lot. But also, what do you know? Like, I haven't even watched the show, but it's like, we know you want this. We know you want to watch this. Give in. Hmm. <laughs> Have you had that scary experience when you've been talking about something and then mm-hmm. it not into your phone or whatever and you, then you get an advertisement for it. I've had yes. a more yes, recent worse experience where I've been thinking about something and the ad has come up on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> and that I swear like I've not spoken the words out loud. Really? Yes. Maybe, maybe, maybe it was something I typed. I don't even know, but... Uh. I've the computer had that. knows you so well, it can predict what you're going to think about. Well, Da-na-na. it's That's happening. Scary. 
Well, that makes sense, actually. It would, you honestly. Know, like related, an algorithm sort of yeah, thing. Related back, back, back. Maybe. So. Still scary, but but yeah. maybe less. Maybe less if you're like, no, no, it's just math. But <laughs> I'd love to think I was less just ones and zeros, Sarah. Ones and zeros. <laughs> I, I just watched the Star Trek episode with the like weird aliens. The and, like binars. The binars. Yeah, it's a great the, episode. The, the, Zero one one, one of the zero, yeah, best yeah. episodes of I so I've been Seth I've been making Sarah take a trip back to the 1980s when she wasn't alive <laughs> um, <laughs> so that she can watch Star Trek the Next Generation before yeah. we start on Star Trek Picard next week when it when it debuts yeah. uh, and we've got a don't worry we've got a special Star Trek expert lined up uh, who also happens to be a voice That's expert lined up we're gonna have a little segment the next eight weeks or ten weeks or whatever they're doing of, of, of called Picard PhD um, and we've already got our Star Trek expert lined up okay good. Am I like the one studying it in or something that's what I feel like yeah, maybe um, but I've been, I, I told, listen, I gave Sarah a list of only specific episodes she needed to watch. Oh no. She did. She started going in order. Yeah. I did. I couldn't help myself. I'm not, I'm not good at just watching specific things. It's like, it's like if you gave me a book and you were like, well, look, you only really need to read this chapter, this chapter and this chapter. No, I want to read the whole book. Plus I, I was pleasantly surprised by how much I enjoy it. And there it is I, for the first yeah, time live yeah, on the air. Yeah. She admits it. We were shocked. We were shocked when we heard it. My wife couldn't believe it. I know. Yeah, there it is. I knew I probably would. It's just... Ah. Ah. It just takes me a few years to come around to the idea of trying something that I'm going to know that I'll like. Seth, did you see... over there just like rolling his eyes at me. Did you see Rise of Skywalker? (laughs) Yes, I did. Where do you fall on the Rise of Skywalker equation? Yeah. Oh yeah, I listened to you guys. I'm, I don't <laughs> think I had seen it until like I I postponed listening to you guys Good until shit. I saw it, and then I listened to it. Um, I think that I'm not. Well, I only really know the canonical Star Wars. Not having been, I mean, I'm a super fan of that, I guess, but not of everything else. So I liked it because it fit. It worked. Nice. <laughs> Phenomenal. I've actually this week. This semester, uh, starting a new schedule, I actually am I'm, I'm taking some time on Tuesday and Thursday to run during my lunch break. Oh, wow. And I've, been, I've started burning through Clone Wars on my lunch break oh. this week. So I'm about eight episodes deep. Um, Good show. And, uh, Is that a podcast? It, no, it's the, um, it's the show. animated show that was on Disney XD. Okay, okay. That happens between episode two and three. Uh-huh. It's- it, Really might good, be though. the best Star Wars content that there is. <laughs> it's good. Oh. Well, and it's funny because I think it's around season three. You can tell they realize their audience is actually mostly adults. And there's a definite shift in the storytelling and just how dark it can get. Mm-hmm. So that was very interesting for me. It's but how do you do it running? Like on a treadmill? Yeah, we've actually yeah. had a lot of rain this week. Normally, I run outside, but we've had a lot of. It's been like raining here. It's raining again today. It, it's it was, miserable. It was a sort of. Well, actually, this is the storm front that like has been dumping snow on the upper Midwest these last twelve hours or yeah. so. No, it's not even a thing. Yeah, you guys before that, right? Oh uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. So I mean, it's basically a system that's going the whole way across the country. I mean, it's right. 
north to south and everywhere. Um, anyway, all right. Well, Seth, thank you so much for carving out time yes. for us. Oh, my God. Thank you, guys. Uh, it was a real pro- uh, pleasure. Um, Sarah, what did you have fun. for breakfast? Oh, yeah. muffins. They were muffins. blueberry. Oh. <laughs> These ones well, did not have It is a Saturday, protein. so, I mean... Does that make it okay that yes. they were that they didn't have protein and stuff? I suppose. Makes it a little better. <laughs> yeah, a little. Bit. I'm more creative with my breakfast choices during the week, actually. Mm. Um, as a random, just because Saturday mornings are, are the time when I can get up and actually like make muffins. Like I have time, so I can bake them and oh, like you all that stuff. You yeah, make- yeah, no, I make them. That okay. that's why that's <laughs> vocal fam. The reason I eat muffins so often is because I actually enjoy baking. And I really like muffins, but, but yeah, during the week, it's more like, this is a microwavable muffin in a cup. That's got 12 grams of grams of protein. That's better than nothing or something like that. You can also just throw an egg in the microwave and eat that. But uh, that sounds, what? That sounds so gross. (laughs) Seth. Um, so songhelix.com is the, is the web address. Yes. Yeah, that's it. And you have your own website, SethKeaton.com, Seth Keys. Uh, .net. .net, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you can, yes, please get in touch. It would be awesome to hear from uh, interested parties. We would love it. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on Vocal Fry, and, uh, and uh, this, has been, this has been a lot of fun. I can't wait to actually meet you in person in Knoxville. I know. I can't wait. That's going to be amazing. Uh, I, I'm not sure that I'm physically going to make it through that week. I might pass out <laughs> halfway through those days. Yeah, I didn't realize until like you know we get our schedule and we're seven thirty in the morning. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Is there something at seven thirty every morning? Mm. You expect me to? That's that's early. That's early, guys. Like, I mean, I'm awake then, but that doesn't mean I want to be like learning. There, yes. there is, and there's stuff all day long, and there's stuff at night, and there's stuff. Okay, so that's normal that i get like during the day night but 7 7 30 guys guys that's really <laughs> early that's that's rough you're asking a lot i it's just sarah you've not have you been to a national seth you've been to a national before i haven't and i know that my introvert self is gonna freak out like that's i'm not gonna be able to do it okay let me just say vocal fam like as that. this is our first episode about national let me just say this yeah. for those of you who are planning to come to knoxville Perna's piece of advice for coming to Knoxville. Pace yourself. When you all of a sudden feel like you need to run away from everything and take a nap, run away from everything and take a nap. Take a nap. Go back to your hotel, lie down for two hours, yeah. and come back. Because That's probably having been to so many of these academic conferences or just conferences in general around the country, world, whatever... I don't think there is a single thing as exhausting as Nats National. Um, because like so many of us, we know so many of everybody. And we're yeah. all trying to connect and we're all trying to network and we're all trying to love each other and see each other and do the thing and have the thing and have the coffee and do the thing and have the glass of wine and That's see so the thing and whatever. Just take a breath. There's going to be a point in those days where you just need to go retreat to your room. Yes. It's okay. It doesn't make you a bad person. Okay, that's, that's, okay, that's great. Personal advice. level? Yeah. Okay, there's the, there's so Perna's advice looking ahead to Knoxville. Because <laughs> uh, it will happen. And, uh, and uh, yeah. Okay, very good. <laughs> All right. Yep. Hey, Seth, thank you so much. Sarah. Yes, thank you. Sarah, I'll talk to you, you. later. Yes. 
at some point. I'm sure. <laughs> Sarah, you don't have to I send just, me audio today. Hey, hey, hey. I know, I know. Like, I pulled up Audacity and I was like, wait a minute. I even made Jamie stop playing video games. Well, He's just over on the- your mic sounds a lot better this week. Oh, I like, yeah. I think last week it was sort of the it's weird thing of having to switch. Because I was originally like on the headset and then I had to switch in the middle. And so it didn't, it didn't something it didn't, didn't swap it didn't over right, it, didn't yeah. adjust right. Mm-hmm. It was bad. All right, vocal fam, anyway. that's it. We're out. Uh, yep. Seth Keaton, go go look at Song Helix. Choose all your recital rep for this spring, for next fall, uh, and, and and we'll see you guys later. Seth, thank you. Thank you. Yes, thank all you. Right. Bye, guys. Bye, everybody. Bye.